You're listening to sermon audio from Providence Baptist Church. Be sure to check out pbcfrankfort.org for more information. So the message this morning is in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, and preface this by saying that this particular scripture starts with a therefore. So we know that there's something that came before that that, uh, that really directs what the author is, is saying here. Uh, so I'm going to read in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Um, it's on the screen. I'll give you a moment to get there in your Bible so you can follow along. Okay, so therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, uh, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God." So like I said, there's a, there's a context before that, and over the past month we've been uh, going through chapter 11. Um, if you missed any of those messages, please go back and listen. Uh, if you haven't taken the time to read through that chapter in your, in your own time, you should absolutely do that. Um, and if you haven't heard any of those, or you know, if it's been a while since you've read that, then I am sorry if you... Uh, get a little bit lost, because I'm going to refer back to that a lot, and, uh, and I'm going to read some of that scripture. Um, so all of chapter 11 gives us the context for this scripture, okay? Um, I'm going to reread uh, chapter 11, verses, um, verses 32 through 40, okay? If you want to read along with me on that. Um, okay. And so this is just kind of the summary of that chapter. And what more shall I say uh, for of Gideon, uh, Barak, Samson, uh, Jephthah, and of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, uh, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release uh, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, uh, they were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about uh, in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world uh, was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commanded, uh, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God uh, provided something better for us, that apart from, uh, apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Okay, so then... Um, Let's just start with the context of this cloud of witnesses. Uh, what the author's referring to here is um, those who bore witness by faith what was promised to them and revealed to us in Jesus. 
Because we know uh, all these people that I'm referencing, that are referenced in that chapter, because we know of their story, if we look in the Old Testament, if we read in Genesis, we see about Abraham and Sarah in Exodus. We see about Moses. Um, all of these, all of these that are referenced in that chapter that are commended by their faith, we know what they endured, then we can do what the author instructs us to do. Um, and we're going to start with lay aside. Um, the first thing that, that, that the author, that the writer says is, let us also lay aside. What are we laying aside? Every weight and sin which clings so closely. What, what is the writer referring to with, with weight? Um, so we look at Sarah, right? We'll start there. She's like almost 100, and she's called to have a child, right? The firstborn of a great nation, uh, a nation of promise, a nation that uh, God will establish his covenant, his covenant people, right? And um, that's a huge, huge thing to consider. You know, like how many people do we know that are around 100, right? And how many of those have had children? I mean, that's just not really a thing. I mean, that's that's a heavy weight that she's now got that responsibility, right, to provide this child. Um, not only that, but I mean, so then she has a child, so now she's got to raise a child. I mean, I'm 35, and I'm feeling pretty tired when I run around with my kids, you know? Uh, I mean, it's not... That's a, that's, a, that's a big ask. It's a lot of weight. Uh, Abraham, similar, you know, he's, he's being told by God, I'm going to bring from you this great nation. So, I mean, he's, he's going to have this son, right? And, uh, I mean, in, in old age, that's a lot of responsibility to carry. That's a, that's a big weight. Uh, Moses, born a slave, but raised as royalty and called to lead the slaves he was separated from to freedom from his current family. So there's a lot of family expectations. You know, not only is he going against the people that raised him, but now after living with these people that raised him, he's going to his people by birth to right the wrongs of those that he was living with. I mean, that's, that's probably not easy. Uh, I mean, I don't think any of us will ever, ever see that situation happen in our own lives. Uh, so to even think of the, the, the family expectations, the weight of that. Um, not only that, but the Israelites, these people, they've heard these stories all their life about becoming a great nation in covenant relationship with God. You know, going into this promised land that God had given them. Um, being the, the beginning of this kingdom of God. Um, and so now there's that expectation that Moses is now bringing them out of slavery out of the land of Egypt and so that's a big burden to bear because I mean 
this is these are these are stories they've heard since they were kids. Um, and then when they get out of Egypt, now he's got the the burden of leading the Israelites. And if we look back, we see that's not easy. I mean, it's kind of like raising a bunch of kids. You know, they're the the minute they get hungry, they want to go back. They want to go back. Um, I mean, constantly trying to keep them out of trouble. And then, um, yeah, I mean, but then what about us? You know, those aren't really situations that we run into, that we face. Those aren't struggles that we have. I mean, maybe on some level, family expectations, uh, work expectations. um, There's a lot of weight there. Uh, not only that, but when we think about ourselves, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. You know, we look at we look at our desires, our needs, our wants. You know, financial or whatever. Even even if it seems like our motives are directed right, you know, with with family, you know, whatever it is. A lot of times we put that we we let that weight get to us the weight of just doing the right thing, the weight of being a Christian. But we also have a lot of other things uh, that, you know, maybe we don't necessarily see in these stories, but um, stress, anxiety, loss, sickness, hardship, relationship pressure. I mean, it's a lot of work to keep those around us happy. It's a lot of we don't always have enough time in the day to spend with the people that we love that we need to be building relationships with. A lot of times we let other things get in the way. There's a lot of weight, a lot of pressure there. Um, I mean, we're in a broken world. We deal with brokenness all the time. Um, so to put all that off, I'm not saying to act like it doesn't exist, but like, Jesus, it said in verse 2 there, uh, who for the joy that was set before him, we're looking, we're looking at the joy that's given us to, to us by God, right? We can lay that aside and we can move on, we can press on um, because of that example that he set. Um, in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 25 Uh, Jesus tells us, don't be anxious about your life, uh, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So we can put all that aside because we know, we know that Jesus got us. We know that God has got us. Sin is the next thing that the writer tells us to lay down, to lay aside. Um, Since we who are in Christ are no longer slaves to sin, let's read Romans chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. I love this scripture. I love what it means. That as Christians, 
we have been, it's, it's like we've been crucified with Christ and raised to new life, right? You know, and that's, that's the symbolism of baptism. That's why we're baptized, because we're joining publicly in, in declaring the same thing that we are joining with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, being raised to new life. We're new creations, right? So sin no longer, we're no longer enslaved to sin. It's not our master anymore. But we still live in a broken world. We're still faced with the enemy. We're still faced with sin on a daily basis. And it's not always easy. Because sin caters to, to what we want. It caters to what in our human nature we desire. I'm so thankful that we're not bound to that. That we can, we can choose to follow Christ When we look at chapter 11, the context of this, this passage, uh, I mean, the people that are listed there, I mean, we see that they didn't, they, they didn't always do what they were supposed to do, right? Abraham had a tendency to lie about his wife to get out of trouble. And I mean, if you read, that really never helped out. Never, never, never worked out. And I mean, even though it doesn't really tell us you know, about how that affected his relationship with Sarah, I can imagine that it probably wasn't the best, uh, the best relationship building exercise. We'll just say that Sarah offered up uh, Hagar, her servant, to be uh, the mother of Abraham's son, and that really complicated things. Um, Definitely didn't make things easier. Moses, when he spoke to God, Burning bush, right? He didn't, he didn't like that fire. The bush was burning, right? Audible voice of God, okay? God is performing signs to Moses so that Moses knows who he is. Moses is like, can't do it. I don't talk very good. Can't do it. So, I mean, trying to even just reject God's call there, that didn't exactly go the best God made a way. He sent his brother Aaron. But Aaron had a tendency to also make things a little bit complicated. I mean, you know, Aaron, the head priest, right, was asked by the congregation, hey, we want an idol to worship. We want something that we can worship, right? And so what does he do? He does what they said. He builds an idol for them. Something that they can follow and worship. Probably not the best thing. Probably made things complicated. Samson, caring too much about what he wanted, his earthly desires, uh, that, that led to a pretty bad haircut. Didn't turn out so good for him. Uh, David... Uh, his uh, visiting his neighbor, that led him down a pretty dark path that wasn't really easy to recover from. 
When our actions reflect our human nature, our wants and desires, and not the nature of Jesus and his holiness and love, we're not moving in the right direction. And it makes it really hard to do, as the author says, to run the race. So we put off those things, and our next point is, let us run. Let us run the race set before us. Um, I'm going to read verse 2 again, looking to uh, uh, verse 1 again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Um, it's kind of a fun analogy for me. I'm not really athletic. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of sports. Uh, I mean, I like sports. I like watching the game with friends, but that's not, like, I don't just turn the TV on to keep up with, you know, my sports team or whatever. I don't, I've tried team sports when I was a kid. I'm not a fan. It's just, it's not my thing. I enjoy, you know, if I were to play ultimate frisbee with some friends or football or whatever, soccer, I like playing small games with friends. That's fun. But it's the training, it's the training and the running. I'm just not a big fan. But it's not new to me. I've done a lot of running. Uh, in fact, I actually trained and ran in a 10K race uh, when I was down in Texas um, at a ministry internship. And um, we were daily, every morning, getting up, doing physical exercise, strength-building exercise, and we were running two to three miles every day. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. But I'll tell you this, when the race day came and we ran that full 10K, which is just a little bit over six miles, I was pretty beat up at the end of it. But that would have been a lot worse. And I, I don't know that I would have been able to finish that race if we hadn't been doing that training daily. Um, it gave me what I needed to endure to reach the end of that race. I didn't win, but when I got to that finish line, it felt really good. It felt really good. I was exhausted, but it was, I'm glad I made it. Um, but this race isn't exactly a physical race. It's a lot different. So how do we train for this? Well, we read and study scripture, pray, and fellowship. And all of these things are really good things. I love reading scripture. I love praying. And I absolutely love fellowship with other believers. But those things aren't always easy. And sometimes I don't love them that much. Just being honest, when we read our Bibles, when we read and study scripture, when we look at what's really being said, when we look at the full context, when we look at the life that we're called to live, the way that we're called to behave in life, the different, I mean, just loving other people. It sounds so simple, but when you really look at what's included in that, it's not so easy all the time. It's not easy to, to learn that the way that I want to live my life isn't always what's best. It's not easy to learn that my preferences and what I want to get out of things isn't always what's best. It's not easy to learn that maybe the way that I've looked at things before isn't always how things really are. 
But we have to get in the Word. We have to ask difficult questions. We have to, we have to look at what God has set before us in His Word. Not the way that we want to read it, but the way it was intended to be read. Praying, it is so good to talk to God. Relationship building with the one that builds us. That's so important. But when we pray, we give glory to God. We give all the glory to him. And for some of us, maybe we want to hold some of that back for ourselves. Maybe we want to pat ourselves on the back for what we've done or, or whatever. Instead of giving all that glory and thanks to God. But not only that, we pray for the forgiveness of our sins. We confess our sins to God. It's not always easy to say that I've done something wrong. Because a lot of times, whenever I do things, I feel like I'm doing what's right. But maybe it's not always. And it's sometimes really difficult to realize not only that, but we're also praying and admitting that we are going to forgive those that have trespassed against us. That's definitely not easy. When we're in traffic and somebody cuts us off, well, for one, a lot of times we sin and, and respond not the best way, but then we hold it against them. It's not always easy to let that go. It takes us a minute. It takes us some time. And what about those family? Sometimes when families wronged us, that's the hardest thing to let go. It really is. But we have to. And when we come face to face with God and we say those words, forgive us as we forgive others, it's not easy. Fellowship. This is probably... I put so much emphasis on this. Running that race down in Texas, yeah, sure, we, we trained daily. But doing the training was so much easier because I was with friends. I was with brothers and sisters in Christ that were all there working to the same goal. When I was running, there were so many times that I just wanted to slow down and, and maybe walk, maybe sit down for a while. But my brothers and sisters that had been working with me were pushing me along, coming up beside me, saying, let's go, let's do this, you got this. And I, for them, the same thing, praying. You know, we, we went in, we had practiced so many different hymns and songs and committed to memory, these different things, and we were singing to one another and pushing each other along. But that's not always easy. Fellowship with other believers is not always easy because we don't always have the same ideas. We don't always have the same intentions. We don't always see things the same way. And sometimes that puts some distance between us. And all of us need to be able to say, you know, it's not about me. All of us, every one of us, and come together and forgive our brothers and sisters where we've wronged one another. So many church splits have happened because, you know, so many people didn't necessarily see things eye to eye with everyone else. There's so much hurt in the body of Christ. I've seen so many people that have left churches and never gone back because of so-and-so did this, or so-and-so said this, or this was in the teaching. It's really, really difficult to look past and forgive 
No, we shouldn't sit under false teaching. No, we should not just sit idly by while others are saying this is, you know, these unbiblical things are right. Like, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that when we're all on the same page, when we are all reading daily, when we are all praying together for the same things, we can lay aside those differences the things that don't matter. And we can focus on what really does matter. And so my final point is this. Going into, chat, going into verse 2 of that scripture, the author gives us probably the most important instruction here, which is this. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It's really difficult to lay those things aside. It's difficult to set ourselves aside and focus on Jesus. Because in our mind, maybe we're doing what Jesus wants, but are we really? What Jesus has called us to do is love God with all of our hearts and to love our neighbors ourselves, to go into the nations or go into our community, into our workplace, into our homes, and teach the gospel, share the gospel, spread the gospel, lead others to the saving knowledge of Christ. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We do this for Jesus. We run for him. We train for him. We get over ourselves and our problems because when we look to him who unselfishly faced the full penalty of our sins and laid down his life for us so that we could live so that we could be made whole. How can we hold on to those things that hold us back from living for him and keep us living for ourselves? Lay aside yourself, run with endurance the race, and look to Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts, questions, or prayer concerns, please email us at pbcfrankfurt at gmail.com.